We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. I'm still currently visiting family. We'll be here through Christmas time, but that's why I'm not in my normal studio setting. If you listen to the podcast version of this, well, hopefully you don't notice much of a difference at all. But in any event, we've got a lot to talk about today. We need to talk about the Lakers matchup with the Hornets tonight. I need to go over the injury report, all the stuff that we've got on Anthony Davis, the trade front, some stuff on Cam Reddish, Zach Levine. Those are the topics we're going to get into. Should be a little bit shorter show on this one than a typical show. Well, I know we're all wrapped up with holiday things and stuff like that right now, but still some important Lakers topics to dive into. Before I do a quick reminder, make sure that you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Ring the notification bell as well. And then, of course, over on the Apple podcast side, it's a big help to the show when you go over. Give us that five-star rating and review. Love going through there and reading the reviews. Take 20 seconds. Toss us a review. We certainly would appreciate it. All right. Let's get this thing kicked off, and we're going to start with an important injury report heading into this Lakers matchup against the Hornets tonight, which this is a must-win game in my book. Look, the Lakers, they're not in a position where they have the luxury of dropping winnable games, and that's exactly what this is. This is a winnable game. The Hornets have not been a good team. However, they do have LaMelo Ball back in action. Nonetheless, this is the Lakers injury report currently. As of this moment, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, both probable. You've got left ankle soreness for LeBron James, left foot soreness for Russell Westbrook. Both of them should play. LeBron is always on the injury report. Of course, we know that helps allow the Lakers to sit him when they when they need to. Uh, Russell Westbrook has missed the last two games, and the Lakers have missed him. Look, we, we've talked about this. Russell Westbrook has not been perfect for the Lakers this season, and if you dig into his stats, there are some areas where he's actually been worse than last season when you start getting into the percentages, the turnover percentage, particularly when you uh, try to compare apples to apples by going per 100 possessions, Russ has not been great in some key areas, but what he has been good at is creating shots, just being a passer, being a creator on the offensive end, being somebody who can get into the paint, collapse the defense, and then kick out and help generate open shots for other people. That has been an area where Russell Westbrook has been effective and their offense has been better with him on the floor then off of it. Now his defense, there have been some struggles there. He and Patrick Beverly have kind of been the inverse with the Lakers defense is better with Pat on the floor, but their offense craters, the offense is better with Russell Westbrook on the floor, but the defense suffers in that situation. But nonetheless, this Lakers team, they need Russell Westbrook in action. Now, unless you replace him with say, I don't know, two or three players via trade with the roster as it currently sits, 
they need Russell Westbrook on the floor. So this is a good thing for the Lakers. And then, of course, LeBron being probable to play. That's important as well. Once again, this is a must win. You have to win this game because this is a very winnable game. You can't afford to pass up an opportunity like this. Further down the report, Austin Reeves, uh, still dealing with that right ankle sprain, is questionable. Now, from what I've heard, Austin was feeling pretty good shortly after the injury, but the Lakers were insisting that he not play, not push it, and for good reason, right? You don't want to mess around with something like this and then have it wind up lingering. Instead, better just to take care of it, get it done, and then move on. Questionable to play. Again, he has been a major factor for the Lakers as well. When the Lakers are missing, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and Austin Reeves, really that's, I mean, three of your top four players probably right there that are out of action for the Lakers. So getting Russell Westbrook back is big. You're not going to have AD, but getting Austin Reeves back would also help just giving you that versatility uh, on both ends of the floor. His ability to make plays on the offensive end, his defense, he has been a consistent winner on this Lakers team where they're simply better with him on the floor than off. He just makes winning plays. So Austin Reeves being questionable, that is an upgrade uh, from his last designation, and hopefully that means he will be in action tonight against the Hornets, but we'll have to wait until a little closer to game time to know for sure. Anthony Davis, right foot, soreness, it's still a mystery. It's still a mystery. We don't know. We don't know exactly what's going on with Anthony Davis. He went to Sacramento. He was getting treatment on his foot. That's why he didn't go to the game. Uh, the Lakers were seeking a second opinion, even a third opinion. I asked the question, why? why? You know, obviously, the, the first opinion wasn't something that you liked. Otherwise, you wouldn't have sought a second and third opinion. So what exactly is going on and why is this so hush-hush? We still don't have any answers on that. On the Anthony Davis front, all we know is he is out. The only timeline we've heard was a while ago, we heard from, from Shams Tarania that it was looking like four weeks, maybe more. A few people have been pessimistic. People have I've spoken to have said, eh, this might be even longer. I know some people have thrown out different kinds of speculation. Uh, but in terms of could it be a list Frank injury, which would be absolutely devastating? Could it be some kind of a fracture in his foot? Is it a sprain? Is it nobody seems to know? exactly what's going on so we still we wait in the dark the only certainty we have is that anthony davis is out and the only timeline that's been out there is maybe four weeks but i've heard a lot of people saying it could be significantly longer but again he's also walking without a limp he's also doesn't have a boot on we don't know we don't know exactly what's going on and that's that's tough too because whatever's going on with ad is going to be a major factor in what the lakers do or don't do on the trade market and what, what moves they make. It might even be a factor in, in something as simple as whether or not they sign someone to a non-guaranteed contract to fill up their final roster spot, right? Remember, they still have a 15th roster spot sitting open right now. They have a need, certainly at the center position with Anthony Davis out. You could go sign somebody right now. You could sign a Jay Hoff, a, a Hassan White sign, and go call Dwight Howard back from Taiwan if you want, Boogie Cousins. There's a number of guys that you could call up. So far, the Lakers haven't done that. They've preferred to just stick with Thomas Bryant, who's done some very good things for them. Uh, Damian Jones is part of the rotation, Wenyan Gabriel as well. But whether or not AD is coming back anytime soon can be a factor even just in, do you go and sign someone to fill that 15th roster spot? Or do you leave it open in anticipation of a trade? Because it's nice to have an open extra roster spot in a trade so you can take on an extra player. So again, even something as minor as the last spot on the roster, can be impacted by what is going on with Anthony Davis. And, and again, it's still up in the air right now. Again, last thing I heard was 
They're trying to get another opinion. They want to hear directly from the doctors first before making any decisions. We'll see. We'll see if and when we actually find something out. Now, I am I am recording this Wednesday night. Sorry, Thursday night. I've got my, I'm, again, I'm off visiting family. My days are blending together. So it's possible here that by the time this publishes, maybe we've heard something on AD. So if that's the case, forgive me, but I'm trying to record some things ahead of time as of this moment. We don't know exactly what's going on with Anthony Davis. Now, Juan Toscano Anderson, right ankle sprain, also out. Wasn't really a major part of the rotation anyway, but look, this Lakers team doesn't have a lot of wing depth. Uh, he is a wing player. Uh, he he hasn't looked great for the Lakers. We haven't seen him do a whole heck of a lot for L.A., but the idea of Juan Toscano Anderson was certainly interesting coming into the season as a guy who can just occasionally knock in a three and can be versatile defensively. Those That's a skill set that the Lakers sorely need. I think they need a little bit higher quality than what they've seen from JTA. But nonetheless, this is a team that needs wing players. And so Juan Toscano Anderson still being out, thats it is a little bit of a blow just because you don't have another wing player that you can turn to. Now, in this matchup tonight against the Hornets, this is the situation right now in the standings. The Charlotte Hornets are 8-24. and 24. They have a point differential of minus 7.1. Yeah, the Lakers are going to be the favorites going into this matchup because the Hornets, are just, they're, they're not a good team. Um, LaMelo Ball is back, though, and of course, that's going to add some extra drama. Does LaMelo have that extra motivation to play against the Lakers? The Hornets got blown out by the Clippers two nights ago. Now they take on the Lakers tonight, but is LaMelo extra fired up because of what happened with Lonzo Ball? We certainly heard LaVar Ball have some comments about how now he doesn't want LaMelo to play for the Lakers after what the Lakers did to Lonzo. So uh, that will add an interesting little subplot to this game, the whole LaMelo ball against the Lakers situation. But nonetheless, the Lakers are taking on a Hornets team that is very, very beatable. Terry Rozier has been dealing with the hip issue, so he was not in action last game against the Clippers. I don't know. Players tend to return against the Lakers, but as of this recording, I don't have a sense as to whether or not Terry Rozier will come back against the Lakers. If he does, well, that's not good for LA because he's a good player. But on the positive side, they would get an opportunity to see him up close. And he's a potential trade target that we've been hearing since the summer. I mean, we've been hearing Gordon Hayward and Terry Rogier and PJ Washington, Kelly Oubre Jr. They're going to get an opportunity to see at least a few of those guys. Terry Rogier, we don't know if he will be in action or not. And then you take a peek at the Lakers in the standings. They've lost their last two, uh, and they've both been pretty rough losses. They are currently uh, negative two in terms of point differential. And the Lakers sitting now behind the Oklahoma City Thunder, seem to be giving up ground right now. And yet still, they're a game out of 11th in the West. Uh, so they're, they're right there. They're two and a half games. Minnesota's starting to put a little bit of distance, and it's it's more the Lakers just losing games and giving up opportunities to make up ground. But you can see how compact the West is. The Lakers are still six and a half games out of first. Out of first. I mean, you get one sustained run, and off you go. Right. I mean, you look, uh, you can see the top of the Eastern Conference and what I've got up on the on the screen. The Chicago Bulls are sitting in, in 11th and they are nine games out of first place. You don't have the same kind of separation in the Western Conference. It's all still very, very compact, which is a reason why, number one, you've got to figure out what's going on with Anthony Davis. And number two, ideally, you'd like to get some kind of firepower coming in for the Lakers so they can make a push here. So they can do something to move up in the standings because the opportunity is right there in the West, but each game that goes by, the further you get into the season, that's less games that you have ahead of you and less opportunity for you to fix what we're seeing here in the standings and actually start to move up. So 
all of those things are going to be factors for the Lakers on the trade front. And it's part of why you've got to win a winnable game. Any of the winnable games that are put in front of you, you have to take advantage of them. Also, remember, the Lakers only play the Thunder three times this season. They only play the Rockets three times this season. Remember, there's a handful of teams that you only play three times instead of four that are in your conference. Unfortunately for the Lakers this year, it's the Rockets and the Thunder being two of those teams. And those would probably be you. The Lakers would be the favorites probably in those games, despite the Thunder being actually better than the Lakers record wise right now. So that hurts too. So every, you really got to capitalize on any opportunity for winnable games. And that's where the losses to the Celtics, to the 76ers, to the Pacers, you go back early in the season, the Blazers, they really come back to haunt the Lakers. It's when you're looking at the standings right now, I just rattled off four. If you took care of business and won four games that you were supposed to, then instead of sitting right now at 13 and 18 as your as your record, you're 17 and 14. Yeah, I mean, 17 and 14, and you are well in the play-in mix right now. Changes things up quite a bit, fumbling away those games already, starting to come back to haunt the Lakers. That's why it's so critical that they get the win tonight. Just get in there, take care of business, get the W, and then start looking forward to a Christmas Day matchup with Luka. That should be an interesting one against a Mavs team that, frankly, the Lakers need to put at as many losses onto their record as they can. The Mavs currently sitting in the ninth seed. This is part of what makes that Kings loss painful is the Kings are one of those teams that you would hope would kind of eventually lose steam and drop out. The Lakers had an opportunity to put a loss on the Kings record. And with all the guys that were out, the Lakers didn't have an opportunity to compete. Uh, the Mavs on Christmas day, again, the Lakers will have an opportunity to put a win on their own record and put a loss on the Mavs record. Given that the Mavs are one of the teams LA would probably have to leapfrog. That's actually a really big matchup for the Lakers coming up on Christmas this Sunday. All right, let's talk a little bit about Cam Reddish. Dan Wojcicki mentioned that there were there is still interest in Cam Reddish. Uh, this is from the LA Times in uh, within the Lakers front office. Not a surprise. They almost had him at the trade deadline this past year. They tried to make a move for him. Uh, Toronto and the Knicks couldn't figure life out. They they couldn't figure out a way to work out the picks on what would have been a three-team deal, but would have sent Taylor Horton Tucker to the Toronto Raptors and Cam Reddish would have come to the Lakers. Some other pieces could have been involved as well, but eventually it fell apart. And what we've heard is it fell apart because of the Knicks and the Raptors couldn't decide on draft picks between those two teams. And that caused the whole deal to fall to pieces. It's part of why we say, you know, it's easy when you jump on the trade machine, whether it's, you know, whatever trade machine it is, to come up with a three-team trade, a four-team trade. Those are fun to consider, right? They're all exciting and, and all that kind of stuff. But but there's a reason why around the NBA, people say three-team trades, that's where deals go to die, right? And a four-team trade, it's it almost never happens, right? Uh, most trades that get discussed never happen. They never come close to happening. And the reason is because getting two teams to agree in terms of the value and what it is that they're trying to get. It's not easy. So you add in a third team, it becomes even more difficult. So not a surprise that Knicks, Toronto, LA deal fell to pieces, but nonetheless, the bottom line is the Lakers have been interested in Cam Reddish for a while. And really they should be. This is the type of player they should be targeting. A younger athletic wing player who, if he ever hits his ceiling, would project to be the type of player that the Lakers and a lot of teams in the NBA need. Player who can have some size on the wing, can defend multiple positions, and can shoot a bit from outside. Now, he hasn't been great. He hasn't been that this season. He's fallen out of the Knicks rotation. But nonetheless, the Lakers' interest is still there. And again, I don't blame them. If you're going to take a shot on something, that should be the skill set you're taking a shot on. 
right? Because these are guys who, ex who are expensive. Everybody is looking for these guys. The guys who can have that kind of size, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, six, can play on the wing, can shoot the three, can be switchy defensively. These kinds of guys simply do not come cheap. It's why Kyle Kuzma's going to get a fortune in free agency this year. It's not easy to find these players. Everybody's looking for them. So if you can get these guys, even if it's someone who's underperforming, and eventually you find a guy who's going to hit, and you may have to cycle through five, six, seven, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 15. You just keep trying. You keep targeting that skill set. You're targeting guys like a Stanley Johnson, Juan Scano Anderson, Troy Brown Jr. Maybe it's Cam Reddish. Eventually, you find somebody that hits, somebody that's kind of the diamond in the rough, somebody that has gotten passed over, and then in L.A., they're able to kind of get their career going again. Maybe Cam Reddish could be that guy. That becomes an extremely valuable find for an NBA team at a position that is really difficult and, frankly, is the biggest position of need for this Lakers team. So not a surprise at all that they're targeting Cam Reddish. The problem is this, and it's not a unique problem. The Knicks, they want a first-round pick. In fact, they want a protected first. That's the rumor right now for Cam Reddish. Well, of course they do, right? They gave up a protected first uh, just over a year ago in order to get Cam Reddish. So not a surprise that the Knicks want that, but tis the season, right? I mean, right now, every team wants a first for everything, right? I've talked about it on previous shows. Houston wants a first for Eric Gordon. They've been trying to get a first for Eric Gordon for years and haven't been able to. And they're still telling everybody, well, we'll we might trade Eric Gordon. He's, his contract is up at the end of the year here. Um, well, technically, he's got another year on it, but it, it's not going to be picked up. But um, they're still telling teams, well, we want a first if we're going to trade him. Nobody's paid a first in years. Can't see him doing it now. Boyan Bogdanovich, oh, unprotected first. They just traded Kelly Olenek for him. And Olenek is a fine player, but that's the value that they're putting out there, right? And Bogdanovich has been playing great, so maybe that's a different story. But nonetheless, Josh Richardson, oh, that's a first. Jakob Pertl, multiple firsts, right? It's because it's still December. Teams don't get realistic about their own trade value until mid-January, maybe even later, maybe closer to the trade deadline, which is February 9th. So the Knicks asking for a protected first for Cam Reddish, it's not a surprise. Doesn't mean that the Lakers or anybody else are going to pay that. It just means you're going to have to wait and you're going to have to be patient. And that's a problem for a Lakers team that, once again, going back to the standings, they need to start making moves now. Why? Because the clock's ticking. Time is running out right? Every game you play is another game that you don't have left for whenever you improve this roster. If you're going to improve this roster, you want to improve the roster as soon as possible. So you have as many future games to play as you can. So you can move up in those standings. You need time on the clock in order to make a difference. If you wait until February 9th, you've gone through a huge chunk of the season. And at that point, it might be a lost cause. Flip side is teams know the situation the Lakers are in. They know the Lakers need to save their season and they're going to use that against them. They're going to use that as leverage and they're going to try to demand a lot and it's going to be on the Lakers to wait them out. And again, that means burning more of that clock with a team that right now isn't good enough to get them where they want to go and get them the wins that they need. Once again, going right back to where we started, why it's so important that they pick up wins against a team like the Charlotte Hornets, who they're going to see tonight. Uh, again, Cam Reddish, not a bad target target at all. If it does happen, uh, it should be, I would expect, if the Lakers give up a protected first-round pick for Cam Reddish, 
that's all kinds of, of trouble. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that would not be a good look for the, the front office. So keep that in mind. I think you wait it out with the Knicks and you see if you can do something around a second rounder. He's worth a gamble, but also remember that the Lakers scouting department has done a phenomenal job finding players in the second round. Find, I mean, look at Max Christie is now making contributions and looking like, hey, a three and D skill set, which is exactly what you need. That's what they gambled on. They went and got him and look, it's paying off already. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think you need to factor that into how you value second round picks if you're the Lakers. Nonetheless, Cam Reddish, interesting target, probably worth it. Um, could do a, something as simple as Kendrick Nunn in a second, right? Kendrick Nunn's expiring in a second. Uh, better deal for the Lakers would be something like you stack up a couple of veteran minimum guys, like it's a Damian Jones or something like that. Uh, and then like Damian Jones and Juan Scano Anderson in a second for Cam Reddish. That would be the better trade for the Lakers because that would save Kendrick Nunn's contract, which is $5.2 million, to stack up with Patrick Beverly's to go do potentially kind of a mid-size deal. Cam Reddish would be a small deal. Pat Bev and, and Nunn you can put together and do like a mid-size deal. Your big trade, a big deal would be a Russell Westbrook trade. And that's where you could do something where you go get, I mean, the Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, you know, th th that set of players from the Chicago Bulls wouldn't get all of them, but some type of package with those guys, that's maybe what you could target there. Or you can go target, you know, like a Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier package or Terry Rozier and, uh, and Kelly Oubre Jr. and PJ Washington, or, you know, any of those combinations that you want to start getting into. That's where you start talking Russell Westbrook trade. All right. Last thing I've got for you, Zach Levine, Zach Levine. There are still rumors persisting that the Lakers uh, would like to acquire Zach Levine. Potentially there are rumors that, Zach Levine would like to join the Lakers. Uh, he's an LA guy, played at UCLA, makes some sense there. Got traded to Chicago. It's not like he even got drafted by the Bulls or anything. He, had, he hasn't really had the opportunity to choose where he wants to go. But as we've talked about, the challenge with Zach Levine is he's got four years left on his deal, $166 million. That's a lot for a guy who's had plenty of knee troubles. Now that said, he's young, 27 years old, shoots the three. So in theory, that makes him a little bit easier of a fit than say DeMar DeRozan. But again, you have to ask yourself, DeMar DeRozan is this year, next year under contract. Zach Levine still has uh, a lot of time left on his contract. So are you willing to take that gamble or would you prefer to go get, like say a DeMar DeRozan? That's if the Bulls even want to trade these guys, which 
right now, um, they haven't given an indication of that. A lot of teams around the NBA are waiting for the Bulls, the Wizards, teams like that, the Hornets, to say, you know what, we're going to blow this up and we're going to move on. They have not hit that point yet, which is why the Lakers have not been able to negotiate a trade to, th- to this date for a player like Zach Levine or get into these discussions with the Bulls. And did they already upset the Bulls by leaking out that internal talks about trading for DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic that the Lakers within their front office had had internal discussions about trading for those two players. Well, that getting out and being made public puts pressure on the Bulls in order to address that. Right now, their players are going to be asked about that. Front Front offices don't like that. So that's a hurdle right off the bat for the Lakers to overcome is you kind of got to smooth things over with the Bulls front office if you're going to work out some kind of a deal. And remember, teams around the NBA, they're going to see the Lakers as desperate. They're going to see the Lakers as someone who needs another team to do a trade with them to save their season. And they're going to try to make the Lakers pay dearly for it. So can you get something done and not get fleeced? I know I've said it a bunch, but that is the task for Rob Polinka and the Lakers front office. All right, everybody. Told you it was going to be a shorter show today, but appreciate you do tuning in. This has been uh, fantastic. All the support that we've received, especially as we're heading into the holiday season. I know it's been tough here for the Lakers. It hasn't been an easy go for them lately, but we do appreciate all of you sticking it out, fighting through, and hopefully we'll come out of this all the better. And maybe, just maybe, the Lakers can still pull something off this season. But Lakers Nation, give me your thoughts in the comments down below. Subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast version, Follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.